Welcome to 5x5 Crypto. Each week, we cover the so what of five crypto developments in about five minutes. My name is Afo, and I'm interested in crypto. Like and subscribe on Substack, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. I think you'll enjoy this week's episode. Let's go. Hey, tomorrow is Pi Day. Yes, guilty as charged. I'm a recovering math and science nerd. So Pi Day is the annual celebration of all things Pi. Now, Pi is the mathematical constant, which relates to the circumference of a circle. Hang with me, guys. I'm getting somewhere. So I think Pi Day 314 is a great excuse to eat lots of pie. And in honor of Pi Day, I want to take a walk around the world, right, circle, and touch on a couple different crypto topics relevant to different spots across the circumference. So number one, here are the four stories. Number one, Ukraine v. Russia. Number two, EU may ban proof of work. Number three, Jambo play to earn in Africa. Number four, holy metaverse. Number one, Ukraine v. Russia. So here's the good. War is an ugly business. It brings out the worst of humanity. Yet even in those dark days, heroes emerge and necessity gives birth to invention and innovation. So over $100 million of crypto has been donated to Ukraine from around the world. And without crypto, many of these donations would have taken two plus business days to be processed and charged up to 6% fees. That's crazy. But with crypto, we have solutions that provide instant, free to near free international payments. Look, speed can be the difference between life and death. Imagine you lived in the US, but your loved ones were under siege in Ukraine, and your loved ones requested money to flee. It could be heart-wrenching having to wait two plus business days. Mind you, so if the request came in on a Friday, your funds you transferred to them might not arrive till Tuesday. That's crazy. That's unnecessary exposure. Crypto fixes that. But here's the ban. <clears throat> so many Western governments and companies have put in place sanctions against Russia, and this culminated in seven leading Russian banks being cut off from the SWIFT global payment network. Now, SWIFT is a global payment messaging system. It links over 11,000 banks across 200 plus countries. Now, the system doesn't actually transfer money itself. Rather, it's kind of like an email, email system for banks. And it conducts about 42 million messages every single day. So the ban on seven Russian banks, I think that's going to cause an inconvenience. But honestly, I kind of expect that they might eventually develop workarounds over time. I think it's unclear and it remains to be seen how effective the sanctions will be. Could crypto provide one of these workarounds? That's the question. Okay, so here's the other side. In Nigeria, we say, when two elephants fight, it's the grass that suffers. Deep wounds are being gored on both sides of the Ukraine-Russia conflict. Much of the U.S. news coverage is focused on Ukrainian courage amidst Putin's overreach. I have also been thinking about regular Russian citizens. I mean, they didn't choose this war, right? And the sanctions and exits of Western companies are dealing a heavy blow to their Russian economy. Global companies like McKinsey, Visa, PwC, McDonald's are among the dozens of companies which have ceased operations in Russia. And get this, 
many Russians now find themselves without a job at the exact moment the local currency, the ruble, is tumbling. It's lost 40% of its value against the US dollar and inflation is rising. Look, crypto could actually offer some solutions for them too. Russians could convert their life savings from rubles into US dollar backed stablecoins or Bitcoin. And out of work Russians could consider play to earn games to make ends meet, you know? Crypto payments could also provide optionality in the event that sanctions block potential transactions. Look, here's the final thing. My heart goes out to Ukraine and all who have had their lives disrupted by this invasion. It's really sad. War is not great. Number two, the EU may ban proof of work. So the EU has a legislative framework for governing digital assets. It's called Markets and Crypto Assets. Now, MICA for short. Now, it contains a provision that could limit the use of proof of work cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and Ethereum. Now, you might recall like last year, proof of work um, has been a lightning rod for some because it's kind of like an energy intensive mechanism. Now, some environmentalists have decried the use of coal powered Bitcoin mining in China as detrimental to the fight against climate change. Now, it's in along this vein that proof of work has come under heavy scrutiny. And, you know, in Europe, I, I kind of feel like this premise is not necessarily based off of the full understanding of the current state. So here are some, here are some updates, right? Bitcoin miners, first of all, are like highly mobile and then they're incentivized to pursue the lowest energy source. So they can like legit move over and go into like um, solar or like hydro or wind. Like they can move them very easily unlike some other demand sources. So that's actually really good for the system. And today, 39% of Bitcoin mining is powered by renewable energy. That's crazy. That's literally three times as much of a share as renewable has for the US power grid. Now, Bitcoin mining could actually be used to subsidize capital investments that help us to build out more renewable energy facilities. I think that's something we should be considering as opposed to trying to ban Bitcoin mining in Europe. Other thing to, that I thought was interesting was like the EU, like I certainly agree, they have right to consider opportunities to reduce carbon footprint. I care about the environment too. But it's odd to start with Bitcoin mining given that it's minuscule, it's minuscule carbon footprint compared to other other areas, like for example, like traditional banking uses 650 times as much carbon footprint as Bitcoin mining. Gold mining uses 90 times as much. Even paper currency printing uses 11 times as much. For, and let's even go beyond this like related areas. Let's take a, a broader view. Did you know that if we took a 1% reduction in carbon emissions from the global aviation sector, that would be five times larger than total carbon emissions associated with Bitcoin mining. Shouldn't we focus on reducing that like 1% for like, you know, aviation sector as opposed to like closing off an entire sector? Doesn't that make sense to you? You know? Let's see. Number three, Jambo play to earn in Africa. So last year, I shared the story of how play-to-earn NFT games like Axie Infinity were providing thousands of Filipinos a means of livelihood. 
And Africa has many of the same strong fundamentals, right? Like 60% of the population is under the age of 24, and almost 50% of university graduates in, graduates in Africa are, are unemployed. That's really sad. So enter in James Zhang. So James is a third-generation Chinese Congolese who founded Jambo in Kinshasa in Congo. And basically, he wants to capitalize on these exact same trends. So Jambo's goal is to become the Web3 super app for Africa. They have already reached 12,000 students across 14 countries. I won't name them, but it's everywhere from Morocco, Nigeria, Ethiopia, through Rwanda, Namibia, and a few others. Now, the students go through a 10-week program to explore opportunities in play to earn gaming and, and decentralized finance. Now, Jambo also takes on some of the students to become local ambassadors. Now, Jambo provides scholarships, which enables the students to earn money by playing games. And so in some cases, students are making twice what their salary might be. That's crazy. Jambo recently raised $7.5 million for a group of investors, including Coinbase Ventures, Alameda Research, and other notable crypto investors. And their goal is to get to 1 million downloads by the end of the year. So they have a long way to go, pretty ambitious. I love it. There was something else I found interesting about Jambo. Too often, US VCs looking to invest in Africa focus in on like Nigeria, South Africa, and Kenya. And it makes sense. Like these three countries are some of the most mature and dynamic hubs for tech on the continent. However, it belies the difference in opportunities in the other 51 countries in Africa. I've been really impressed by Jambo's strategy of quickly getting boots on the ground in a bunch of countries. Again, they're already in 14 countries. That's incredible. Number four, holy metaverse. So this week, I learned that there is a VR church in the metaverse. They host Sunday services weekly Bible studies, and other volunteer opportunities. Like, it's 100% in the metaverse. Like, the clincher is this. They were established in 2017. Like, this wasn't even having to do anything with the most recent year we've had. Now, one of the great hopes of the metaverse is to improve access. And this is proved true in this VR church. One of the leaders shared how she had been diagnosed with a neuromuscular condition, which effectively left her homebound since 2010. VR Church has literally given her a new lease on life in terms of that she's able to be actively engaged in her faith community. And just when I was thinking this was pretty fringe stuff, guess what? My sister and my brother-in-law shared with me today that their church was planning to run part of their youth summer program in the metaverse too. I mean, wow. So, that really makes sense to me, right? Because like church attendance in the US has been declining in recent decades. So it makes sense to leverage technology to reach the next generation. However, I think VR Church proves that there is staying power in the metaverse. It delivers on creating a more accessible and global experience. What a great time to be alive. Friends, I hope you've enjoyed um, catching up with me today. I hope you have a wonderful Pi Day and a great week ahead. Odabo.